The rich moments of the day will knock you into the realm of the unexpected, causing your spontaneous reaction. You embrace the unknown because without it, there is no life, only automation. Hello, and welcome to episode 231 of Under the Cull of MS. This is going to kind of be like a regular Tuesday, Thursday episode, because I still got a lot of stuff I wanted to get to the past few days, but a bunch of crap happened, and I didn't get there, so I'll update you on as much as possible, and we will get some of this comic book piles shrunk down a little further because we still got a huge pile of comics to get caught up on and I'm reading more as we speak so I gotta get through these because I don't remember much of them anymore we're gonna start we're gonna kind of go post-apocalyptic today go into the what happens after the world ends type comics and we're going to start with Geiger number five. Yes, I only got one issue here with two two different covers. But in this episode, we get to find out a little more what's going on with the kids and the radioactive man character that found their way to a camp of sorts, and they're trying to find out what's going on, whether this is worth being part of, if they can trust this camp, and we see some stuff happen where they do things to the dog, they do stuff to the radioactive man, and the kids find out some things going on, and we hear about how the disease and stuff is progressing in the younger child and we find out more about why he's sick and what's going on and it's an interesting storyline still i'm still enjoying it i don't want to i want to back off a little bit on some after listening to some of my podcasts it's like most of my comics are Pretty spoilery, my, my comic reviews. I don't want to give too much away like I have been. Uh, you want to have some enjoyment reading these storylines for yourself. And then in here, they also have a Frontiersman uh, story in the back. A, a little teaser. And it's kind of interesting, but don't really get the frontiersman style view. It's feel it's more futuristic frontiersman because we got like these robot type characters and stuff. He's collecting, taking apart. I don't know what he's building, but if you want to find out more, you got to read it. But it kind of grabbed me, caught my interest. 
If I see it in a bargain bin, I'll definitely check out the Frontiersman. But yeah, Geiger number five. Still going good. We're going to see a big event, I think, happen in the next issue, which I'm looking forward to. We'll have to see what happens from it. And then we checked out the nice house on the lake, issue three. This story, if you remember, a group of people gets sent to a cabin in Wisconsin by a strange friend of theirs named Walter. And in this issue, we get one character that's like Sam, I believe it is, that's mad at Walter, wanting to know why are we stuck in this bubble type area in Wisconsin on this lake in this cabin and they just don't know don't have any information other than what they've seen their family and friends burning to death and dying all in like a nuclear fallout nuclear warfare uh, type environment I don't know if aliens attacked us or if it was us using our own means of destruction and destroying ourselves. We're still waiting to find out more about this. But one character gets really ticked off and he decides to walk the whole parameter, do some mapping of the area, and find out more of what's going on. And in his uh, adventures, there are more of these symbols that pop up. And some other very interesting items that he comes across that you will have to read the story to find out about. But yeah, those symbols, those big statues are just like the one by the house. You go up and touch and you get to see visions of current times and stuff that's happening or did happen in your past. It's just a lot of weird things happening with these different types of statues. And a very interesting thing pops up that he finds also in his travels. But yeah, this story also is very enjoyable still. Very little teasers each issues that we're getting to find out a little more about what's happening and they also do the emails and stuff so you get to see what Walter was saying to certain people and follow those some more but yeah I am enjoying that series also and we'll stick with it and that is a and Geiger's from Image DC Black Label does Nice House on the Lake. And I have been falling off some of the DC Black Labels to the point that they're going to go into the bargain bin as far as I'm concerned. Buying down the road is what I'll do do with those. But there are a few I am going to stay on all the way through or for a while yet. And then one comic I really wanted to get into, but I didn't get into it yet. I was going to buy the trade paperback form, but then I'm like, I heard about all these extras that are in individual comics, and I, they did a bargain trade paperback, and it didn't have all the extras in it. 
So I figured I'd just wait and eventually find the regular comics in a bargain bin somewhere and then get into that storyline because I believe it's still going and I think it's up to like number 17, 18, somewhere around there. So I am pretty far behind. But it's one that I was I was hoping was going to be a mediocre run, maybe maybe 24 issues or so, but I'm not sure. I don't see anything about a stopping coming up on it. So I'm not sure how far that run's going to go. But it's very interesting. It's basically after a nuclear apocalypse, the world ending type, all the wars with the countries, country separations, all kind of interesting events going on. And you got characters like land sharks and these giant land creatures. I can't quite tell yet. Are these creatures real? Are they robotic? Uh, I read the first four issues. A friend of mine from the club gave me them. So I was really happy to check them out. Really enjoyed them. Basically a group of characters going to what is the new United States. Closed itself off from the rest of the world when everything was happening. And we find out about a lot of different characters. Kind of gives you the Road Warrior feel. Stuff like that. The post-apocalyptic movie type feel. With some extra, <clears throat> excuse me, with some extra little things throughout. It's a very different look at it, but yet it has a lot of stuff that relates to our current times. So it gives you that concept of what it could be like with our current times and what we're going through. Uh, we get to see, it's like we're dealing with some types of alien creatures, I I believe, but and we're just not getting fully introduced to all these different characters yet. So I'm looking forward to what the future has to offer. And we have this Uncle Sam character, this Sam Elgin. He kind of puts the group together and gets them going towards the United States. A hunt for whatever they're looking for. You got to read everything to find out. But the regular comic form is nice because they have these timelines in the back of the ceiling of the United States of America. You get some origin stories. Uh, and the timelines go back, from what I've seen, to around eight years prior to the events of what happened or and where we're at. You get to see a lot of extras in the back that will give you some some concepts of what's going on, why they did what they did, and why we're at where we are I mean I just it's a strange and unique story about what could happen 
in future times, you're going to see, of course, characters that are going to deceive other characters and people that are out for their own own means or are out doing stuff for other people that are going to cause more problems. And it's just... It's interesting. If you like post-apocalyptic type stuff, I definitely suggest getting on all three of these runs. Uh, Undiscovered Country is also an image comic. And like I said, I believe that one's been going for a couple of years now. But they're all worth checking out. Oh, I gotta take a drink for work, man. I don't know what's up with this, but I'm getting a lot of MS hugs issues lately when I'm doing podcasts, and I don't know why that's doing that. If it's just because of the talking or what, that really sucks. I enjoy doing this, and I don't want. All of a sudden, that to go to shit because of freaking MS crap, too. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to end it there with the comic portion. And I'll get back to with some MS stuff once I get this mellowed down in a second. But, yeah, check out the post-apocalyptic comics, Undiscovered Country, Geiger, Nice House on the Lake, all enjoyable runs, all worth checking out. Comic books are going in a great direction, I think, right now, and tons of great different unique stories coming out. It's a great time to be back in the comics. I suggest anybody that's not into comics, get your butt out there and start reading them. He'll talk to you about some MS stuff and whatever in a bit. Okay, I'm going to try and ride this out and at least get this podcast out before I go curl up and die in in pain. These freaking hugs are just Relentless lately. I don't know if it's the Maven clads setting them off or what, but they are popping up a lot in the past couple weeks. Uh, I suppose the Maven clad update quick. Uh, I finished off my five days, two pills a day for five days. I still feel nauseous 24 7. And it's messed up because you're nauseous and you're still hungry. So that's not good. My pain levels have doubled from what they were a week ago. Um, I was actually getting myself into a better spot pain-wise with all the stuff I was doing. But now that I'm off a lot of that stuff, I think that's also helped intensify everything but 
we'll have to see what the next week or so has to offer, if the pain's going to keep going up or what. And fatigue is starting to pick up a little more, too. Uh, a lot of other little side issues have been also amped up more. Yesterday, I, from head to toe, felt like I had bugs going through me and on me and constantly constantly having areas the day well actually the day before that yesterday was bugs everywhere the day before that was stinging zapping stabbing pains in random spots that would not quit they just kept hitting uh i and I expect to feel like crap because it's like like chemo medication does to you. You're killing off certain parts of your body and it just wipes, wipes you out from it. I went out more than I wanted to the last week. I had to go to the store a couple times because we needed things and I was able to take the wife and do some running on Saturday, I believe it was. And that way I could just sit in the vehicle and just drive her around and just had to go into a couple places. Like when we had to stop at the dump and stuff like that, you got to do the dump every week and get that stuff out. So did what it could. Tried to behave as much as possible. Wore a mask everywhere. Uh, and there, that thing, that just pisses me off, too. That's, our world is so messed up right now. It's like everybody's got COVID on the brain. It's like even if we never had a COVID experience or anything, while I did this Maven Clod, I would have went out in public when I had to with some type of device covering my face one way or another but if we didn't have covid i would have probably got arrested for covering up my face and <laughs> now that we have covid crap and everybody's pissing and moaning about the masks and mandates and the vaccines and all this other shit i stop at the store and people just dirty looks left and right it's like what it's my choice. <laughs> I'm not doing it for COVID, number one. So you're pissed off because you think I'm doing it because of COVID. So I'm a bad person because I'm covering my face. I'm a piece of shit. And you assholes are walking around hacking, gagging, picking your ass, walking through the aisles. And I got to sit there and deal with your nastiness. And you sit there and just judge me no matter what I do. <laughs> just really pissed. I gotta still deal with the judgments of tipping over and the drunken looks and all that crap. Because they don't know that I have gate issues. But God forbid they might want to ask what's wrong with you instead of just judge you straight off the bat. Getting really sick and tired of that. It's like getting to the point now we have this new... I can't remember whatever variant out there that's starting to come now i heard of a third variant that we got now that the 
that's attacking people that are vaccinated. So it's like, let's just get this over. Let Mother Nature take a big old bite out of all us jackasses and put the population down to a decent amount, decent number. We're not going to keep destroying everything. I mean, I can think of lots of the population that Mother Nature could just easily wipe out and be done with and dealing with this jackassery over in Afghanistan right now. It's like we pulled the U.S. troops and we didn't belong there in the first place and they didn't want our help and they're like get rid of the Americans so now the Americans leave and now all of a sudden everybody's being taken over by the Taliban and they Taliban took over the whole country within shit. I think a week's time they pretty much overtook everything. The jackass president hopped on a plane <laughs> and sat there and took a plane full of his riches and apparently a plane full of money. <laughs> Had a couple planes or dips or whatever to get the hell out of there. He just disappears, leaves his people, doesn't give a shit. It's, like it's basically what these presidents and governments and all this shit are. It's like any sign of problems, they flee and leave the country that they're supposed to be back in and supposed to be taken care of. But so you got all these jackasses now taking over the country, killing people, wiping out things. We got. We had COVID lockdown. We didn't hear about a bunch of murders and stuff in our country. And now every day you got someone that's getting shot and in the big cities. There's a lot of people we could just do without in this country right now. Mother Nature's going to take care of it for us, but we're going to lose a lot of good people along the way because... She's not picking and picky and choosy. She's just sick and tired of us destroying her, her planet. It's like we are a bunch of evasive asses on a planet that we don't appreciate. So we obviously don't deserve it. <laughs> like if we can't just get along and take care of it and make the planet a better place, then why the hell are we here? And Mother Nature's seen that, and she's saying, okay, bye-bye. I'm tired of you. <laughs> I will let the other critters take over the world. Maybe bring in some new aliens here pretty soon. <laughs> let them finish wiping us out and take over the planet and maybe do a better job with it. Who knows? But, yeah, it's, we are very undeserving of what we have because we're idiots, plain and simple. We're just a bunch of fucking idiots. But, yeah, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, the Maven clad. Yeah, not too, too thrilled with how the body's going with this so far, but it is the first couple of weeks of the kill off of the cells of TMB cells so kind of gotta expect gonna be dealing with some crappy shit but I haven't hit the 
major puke fest, but I have a feeling the next two weeks, if not longer, there's going to be a lot of that going on. Uh, in two days, I start, I double up my other medication, the one that also makes me nauseous. So I'm going to have two types of nauseous issues combining together, and I think that will have me hugging the porcelain. Gods for at least a couple of weeks. I'm not looking forward to it, but we will see. And once it happens, I will be doing a major re relayout, revamping of all my medications and. Try and eliminate a couple. I got two that I'm trying to, that I'm thinking about eliminating, especially for now until I get through this whole Maven clad experience, at least suffer out the two year period, see what my body can do for it, do my changes that I have planned during it, and see what happens with it. But until then, I think I need to eliminate a couple other medications but we'll see what happens over the next two weeks and then i will start talking to my doctor about those issues and let her know where we're at but anyways i wanted to uh bring up rex again from multiple sclerosis sucks podcast i was mentioning that he I, I caught up to some more of his episodes and heard him talking about the ACE thing, the adverse childhood experiences, which I want to look into more about to go along with my research that I'm doing about traumatic injury and uh, neurological disorders and childhood uh, trauma and stuff like that, how it affects us physically and can cause certain types of neurological issues and other issues in our bodies and I think we're going to find out that pretty much everybody that has some type of issue went through some type of trauma in the past that kind of set set those issues off yes I believe they are in our bodies and certain environmental factors and certain trauma, traumatic events uh, set those issues into effect and get them amped up and get our systems going into those bad directions. And I'm going to keep doing lots of research on it, but it was kind of interesting. The reason I'm bringing it up again and talking about Rex and the multiple sclerosis sucks podcast is, uh, one, I want to contact Rex because I want to know what his CPAP results are because I heard him talk about his CPAP experience and how many uh, he had an insane amount of times that he wakes up with the breathing issues and stuff, wakes up while he's trying to sleep. And uh, it was more than one a minute it was just outrageous how many times he woke up uh, during his sleep study but 
I still am confused about it because, like I said, I don't think I have major sleep apnea, but I got tested bad because I didn't sleep at all the night. I had the testing equipment on me, but I did the at-home testing equipment, and it just drove me insane with all the wires and all the crap and gadget gadgetry, and I, if I slept, it was really like a little half-hour snooze here and there. So that's why my readings were so outrageous. And now that I have the machine, I'm averaging 0.0 to 0.8 episodes an hour, which I don't think is a lot. But I'm curious what other people that have multiple sclerosis and have sleep apnea issues are registering. And I've don't have a pulmonologist anymore because my neurologist that had CPAP experience and all that was specialized in that stuff, sleep study and stuff. He left me, got me on the machine, looked at the machine once when I brought it to him. I was supposed to bring it to him a second time, but that appointment got canceled and changed around. And then his nurse quit. Then he quit on me and I have a machine. I'm paying for a chunk of it because insurance doesn't cover a lot of it. And I didn't realize when they were sending me all these supplies that I had supplies ordered to come every month or whatever. And then like hoses and containers and all this stuff every three months. And I'm a person that uh, I can wash it every week. Why the hell? Do I need to replace it if it's not broken? It's just more plastic that's going to end up in the landfills and in the ocean, all that shit. And it's like a lady from the place, I don't know if she's trying to earn extra money or what, but she's like, ew, that's gross. It's like, you don't change your hose every three months and change your water filter container. I'm like, you realize how much plastic that is if every person that's on a CPAP machine is tossing this equipment out like that it's I don't want this damn thing in the first place but I'm stuck with it and the doctor leaves me no one answers my calls from the sleep study thing and when I did finally get a lady she's like well you need a pulmonologist because you gotta talk to them it's like well why wouldn't I talk to you you're the company that set me up with this shit you should know the most about this stuff and you got the computer readouts right there at your office of what's happening to me every night because it's hooked up to the internet and the readings go right to them. But yet they can't sit and go over the readings with me and explain them to me. I have to go out, pay another doctor's fee to get another doctor in my crew, a pulmonologist now. And it's like, I'm not, I haven't even talked to my PCP about setting up an appointment with a pulmonologist yet. Cause it just pisses me off. But, I got to add another doctor to my crew and like, I, I can't afford these damn, uh, uh, what you call it, co-pays and shit right now that I have. I literally had for the past year, this whole year, I think every week I had a doctor. Finally had a week where I didn't have a doctor's appointment. I had to do a nurse call on Monday last week, but 
other than that, I didn't have a doctor's appointment, but I was on a new medication every day and sick as hell and would have liked to have seen a doctor when I was, now that I'm all sick feeling, but I just know I have to ride it out because it's just added issues because of the medication, but yeah, I'm not, not at all happy with what's going on with all these doctors and co-pays and now I just got another bill in the mail and it's like a couple hundred dollars I gotta pay for the hepatitis B shot or A shot or A and B or whatever the hell it is that they ordered for me and that was for the first one the second one I had to do I think a month later so I'll be getting a bill for that one also, and then I got the six-month-out one, and I'm going to get another bill probably for since they didn't cover the first one. Why would they cover the next two? And, again, something I did not ask for, not request, not order. Don't know why I need it. But apparently because I'm on this medication, I needed to get it done, and yet they sit there. Or, actually, I think that might have been part of with them finding my liver damage in the spots in my liver and then the cirrhosis stuff starting it's like i gotta sit there and i think that's why i had to do the hepatitis a b thing and then it kind of related over to maven clad also because you get hepatitis b and c or something i don't know being around people that are sick we can stuff and that's why I'm masking up and trying to go out in public trying to take care of myself and instead assholes gotta come down on me for it <laughs> but that's check out Rex at Multiple Sclerosis podcast but I was interested in that whole ace thing that he talked about I still got like I don't know a good 10 plus episodes of his to get caught up on before he caught up to where he's at and it looks like he's still doing the podcast regularly which is nice so glad to see that it's a nice short podcast unlike mine be, used to be a half hour tops and now i'm running up to an hour and a half two hours <laughs> but i can't help it gives me something to do i enjoy it hopefully you enjoy it too it's, I'm getting information out there. I haven't listened to three quarters of my podcast yet. I try to listen to them here and there. Hate listening to my voice, but my wife likes listening to them when she falls asleep. But the other thing she's hooked on is her stupid murder shows. <laughs> she has to watch all day, all day long. And then when she lays down in bed at night, if she doesn't listen to my podcast while she's falling asleep, I'll sit down here and play one of her murder podcasts. But we have this one that we listened to. It's called I Survived. And it was interesting because they had, uh, I don't know what number episode it was, but it's, it looks like Dynamite from March 11th of 2020. Michelle and her daughter, Bria, are home alone when three masked gunmen burst through the door. The home invasion turns into a high-stakes bank robbery, and Michelle's only hope of survival is to help her cap- 
captors pull it off. And it's an interesting episode. You hear about this mother and daughter that get tied up and kind of tortured and kidnapped and uh, threatened to be murdered if they didn't do what they were told. They decide to follow orders and hopefully get through this without getting killed. And they do survive it, but down the road, the daughter gets diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I believe this fits in with the ACE thing, the adverse childhood experience, where she was tortured and tormented and stressed out and uh, went through a bunch of crap. And that set off her being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in my opinion so it was an interesting episode listen to it if that interests you at all it was the i survived podcast it looks like dynamite episode from march 11th 2020 but yeah so that's why i wanted to bring rex back up with his podcast uh I'm going to message him one of these days and let him know know that I've been talking about him. (laughs) Hopefully he doesn't mind. But, yeah, things we can learn. And doctors focus on the medication and stuff like that. took forever just to push doctors to talk about healthier uh, things you can do. To help with issues and inflammation and all that. Now they're finally talking about that. Maybe we'll get them into talking about this. But I am going to keep coming up with research and stuff. And one really cool thing that my wife picked me up. Our local library had a sale this week or last week. And she stopped at the sale and she came home for a dollar. She got Grey's Anatomy. It's... uh. Not the TV show. <laughs> it's a big, huge book that gives you all kinds of drawings and explanations of everything in our bodies and out of our bodies. And it is awesome. It looks like it was never used. <laughs> it's got the nice golden inlay on the edges of the pages. But yeah, it's just a beautiful book tons and tons of information of everything about our bodies what's in our bodies what's going on in our bodies doesn't get into the whole detail i'm sure it talks about diseases and certain things but this is more about your vascular system your arteries your veins your bones your blood flow your urinary organs and How everything, pretty much how everything works, what makes it work, what different parts of our body are in there and stuff. So this will become part of our podcast, I'm sure, in the future, because anytime I get a good medical book, I love to grab onto it and do some research and find out what I can. And it's like, I love 
knowledge, which when I was in school, I hated it because my brain would not adhere to any of it. And I could not uh, do anything unless I was doing it hands on. Get flying colors with doing stuff hands on, having my face and hands right into it. But when I had to think it and remember it and talk about it or anything, I could not. And I believe I had my MS cognitive issues way back in grade school and childhood. After my own childhood traumas, which I had many of them. And my childhood issues got worse over the years as I had more and more trauma. And that's why I believe that childhood trauma is a huge factor in neurological orders like MS and stuff like that. But yeah, that was an awesome little pick. So check those things out when you see a library sale and stuff. Support your library. They do a lot of them do them yearly to clean out their shelves and get some new material in there. And it helps out them, helps out the kids. It's great for everybody in the long run. So keep an eye out. You never know what you're going to find. It's a big, beautiful book of tons of knowledge that I will probably never fully read. But I will enjoy the parts that I do check out. More from that book in the future, I am sure. But I'm going to have to end this here, I guess. And get into some more other stuff and MS yet next because I didn't realize I was going to talk about this much stuff and not into much MS things other than my ongoing issues. So we will be right back to you with more information in a second. Okay, we should probably talk about some other MS stuff yet. And this isn't really MS related. This is just what some nutritionists say about bacon, whether it's good or bad for you. Personally, I'm not huge on bacon. I'll use it. Uh, I just made my broccoli cauliflower salad that has bacon bits and crumbled bacon in it. Uh, but personally, I don't use as much pork as I used to, so I've backed off on it. I feel for the pigs, and I feel for all the animals that are put in mass, mass kill environments. It's like, there again, you're stressing out the meat, stressing out the product that you're putting in our bodies, and then that body goes in our body. And the stress from that meat goes transfers over to us. And I just feel that's not right. I don't believe those environments are healthy. It makes no sense why they have to have those closed mass kill environments. I'm totally against it. But people get psychotic. They have to have their baconator, bacon parties, their bacon on top of bacon on top of bacon on top of bacon it's a pork sandwich with bacon wrapped and bacon oil and everything else put on it but bacon's made from pork and goes through a curing process where it's soaked in salt nitrate 
nitrates and other ingredients. A lot of those meats that just hang and are just basically marinated in salt baths and all that stuff. Can't be good for you. <laughs> it's like, I think the worst one is, uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's one that's cured in a ton of salt. Uh, yeah, brain's not bringing it up. <laughs> it's not even going to bother trying to think of it. It'll pop up when I'm not thinking about it. Bacon, science, saturated fat, and cholesterol, obviously, which are not as harmful as previously believed because society changes its mind every six years or so. and. Everything that's good becomes bad, and everything that's bad becomes good. It's also the typical serving size of bacon is small. Not in America. <laughs> it's it's fairly nu- nutritious. It's pork is rich is rich in many nutrients, including in protein and several vitamins. The same holds true for bacon. It is high in salt, though, so you got to watch that. So, eating a lot of bacon and other salty foods raises your blood pressure in salt-sensitive people. It may also increase the risk of stomach cancer. So, fried bacon may be high in nitrosamines, nitrosamines, nitrosamines. Not sure how they say that one, but which are carcinogenic. However, food producers have managed to reduce the nitrosamine content significantly by adding adding vitamin C. So basically, (laughs) we add things to make things less deadly. (laughs) I love our society. It's just, instead of coming up with something that's altogether better, let's just take the shit that's not good for us and let's try and make it as healthy as possible so we can definitely use it. <laughs> most pigs are more intelligent than most of the humans on this planet. But yeah, let's find a way to keep killing more of them because people like the way it tastes. We can't come up with a new idea. Something that's healthier and better. But all meat should be cooked well enough to kill potential pathogens, but not so much that it gets burnt. And your standard thing to watch out with with being a chef over the years is 165 is what you want for an internal temperature of most items. Some things like porks and stuff, they can uh, be best at like 185, 190. You can get a nice little meat thermometer that has the markings right on it at different temperatures for the different types of meat. So that's, if you're, you're a ribeye person, you like it more raw, stuff like that. And there's so many different levels of meat that you can have. And then the really disgusting, nasty people, they'll sit there and eat that. Uh, Ross, what is it? And that raw steak, uh, steak tartare or whatever and stuff like that. And that's just... Uh, disgusting to me i used to have to serve it all the time we'd serve it at our one bar 
on like Sundays for the old timers that come in. We'd have the raw steak and the rye bread and big chunks of onion, and they'd sit there getting drunk, labbing that stuff down their gullets. It's just, uh, I'd have to clean all the shit up. <laughs> it was nasty. Observational studies consistently show a link between processed meat consumption, heart disease, and several types of cancer, which always kind of cracked me up because it's like they focus on these all-meat diets and all that stuff and say how how great it is. We got to get back to our, our caveman roots and stuff like that. but. It's like the cavemen didn't plant gardens and they didn't do all that stuff. We got the knowledge and the accessibility to do things like that now. And yet we feel that we should go back to the days where we were cavemen and we starved ourselves and ate once a day and ate basically meat. And they didn't live long, granted, because they had dinosaurs eating them and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, these diets just irritate the hell out of me. These different ones these people come up with. Like, work on what works best in your body. Do an anti-inflammatory style diet if you get certain symptoms and issues and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, glucose issues, get rid of glucose. and you're diabetic, watch your sugars. Work on stuff that's better that doesn't give you those issues and things that there are enough things out there nowadays that you can come up with new things to replace your old things you used to love. It just takes more effort. I admit it's a pain in the ass to cook a lot of things healthy, but in the long run, it's better. But we're lazy, so. We don't. I'm no exception to the rule. I'm terrible, especially right now. I don't give two shits. I'm just eating whatever. Just trying to get through this nauseousness, and I'm not focusing on anything. I'm glad I didn't do what I had planned. I was going to do my sugar flush starting on Monday of last week, and if I would have done that, I don't know what I would have done for food without having lower teeth and stuff. It is too hard to eat anything healthy right now. So I can't have the broccoli cauliflower salad, which isn't healthy because you put sugar and mayo and all that crap in it. But good damn it. <laughs> I got a oh, it's sitting in my fridge and I can't eat it unless I stick it in a blender and drink it. It's not my thing. Basically, many studies of being processed meat products such as bacon with cancer and heart disease all of them are observational studies which cannot prove causation. Nonetheless, their results have been fairly consistent. At the end of the day, you have to make your own choice and take a look at the matter objectively. If you think including bacon in your life is worth the risk, then stick to a simple rule that applies. Most processed food products, moderation is key. Now let's look into steroids for MS. A lot of people lately have been 
pumping them in their system and going through little flare-ups and seeing lots of people talking about them. I don't recommend long-term use because of the side effects and stuff, but some people do it. If you have MS and your doctor may prescribe steroids to treat episodes of flare-ups, and relapses and stuff like that, depending on how bad they are. These episodes of newer returning symptoms are known as flare-ups, relapses, exasperations, and attacks. Steroids are intended to shorten the flare-ups so you can get back on track, back to work, back to your lifestyle, whatever. Uh, it's not necessary to treat all MS flare-ups with steroids, though. Medications are generally reserved for severe ones. Because you don't want to overdo it. Uh, severe weakness, balance issues, visual disturbances are usually things that send people in to find out about steroid treatment. Uh, there are potent steroid treatments and they can cause side effects that vary from person to person. Intravenous IV steroid treatments can be expensive and inconvenient. You might have to spend time in the hospital a few days or whatever to get them or go back repeatedly for them. You just got to weigh out the pros and cons, see how you feel about it. The type of steroids used for MS are known as glucocorticoid steroids. Uh, they belong to a larger class of steroids called corticosteroids. Glucocorticoid drugs imitate the effect of glucocorticoid hormones, which your body produces naturally, but obviously aren't producing enough during those episodes. Those drugs work by closing the impaired blood-brain barrier, which helps stop inflammatory cells from migrating into the central nervous system, which can cause our flare-ups. Uh, this helps suppress inflammation and ease the symptoms of MS. High-dose steroids are usually administered intravenously once a day for three to five days. The administration of steroids must be done in a clinic or a hospital. Usually on an outpatient basis, if you have serious health concerns, they may keep you in the hospital. Uh, I wish they would have done that during my, what I still believe was a huge MS hug episode, but ended up being a, uh, <laughs> aortic dissection where I ripped a hole in my aorta of my heart and was basically bleeding to death internally and was supposed to die in the Mayo Clinic at that time. But uh, they never used any steroids on me during that event. Instead, they pumped me full of morphine and other drugs, which nothing. Uh, at one moment, they're giving me morphine 
injections every 15 minutes to a half hour. And I was just laying there in complete and utter pain. And it didn't do nothing for me, but yet they kept pumping it in me instead of trying something different. Gonna do methylprednisolone may be administered as an oral treatment, Medrol, and an injection into the muscles, joints, and soft tissues or skin, which is Depomedrol or Solomedrol, or by IV infusion, which is Solomedrol. Solomedrol, the only form that can be administered intravenously, is quite potent and often used for severe flare-ups. It has a slower onset and longer duration of action, so it may not be as useful for acute flare-ups. It's administered usually in an infusion center or hospital. It's most commonly prescribed steroid for people with MS who are admitted into an infusion center or inpatient facilities. Each infusion lasts about an hour, but can vary. During the infusion, you might notice a metallic taste in your mouth, but it's temporary, and I hear that constantly from people on the steroids, having that metallic taste in their mouth. There's prednisone, which is an oral medication that's available as a generic drug, and under the brand names prednisone, Intensol, and Rayos. The medication can be used in place of IV steroids, especially if you're having a mild to moderate flare-up. It's also used to help you taper off of steroids after receiving IV steroids. And then we have prednisolone, which is available as an oral tablet or oral syrup. The tablet is only available as a generic drug, while the oral syrup is available as a generic drug and under the brand name Prelone. They have dexamethasone, can be administered orally or via injection. Generic form of the drug is the only form that the FDA has approved for treatment of MS. Your doctor will recommend the right starting dose for you if you have to try that. There's betamethasone, which is an injectable drug that's available as a generic drug as the brand name drug Celestone, Solospon, and betamethasone is also available in other forms, but those forms are rarely used to help treat MS. Uh, it's important to note that corticosteroids uh, aren't expected to provide long-term benefits or change the course of MS, where I hear people wanting to go back and back for them, and that's not a good thing to do, in my opinion. Uh, oral steroids are more convenient and less expensive. They may be a good alternative to IV treatments, especially if infusions are a problem for you. Ask your doctor about what to do and what to get. They'll figure it out. It's not possible to predict how well they'll 
they'll help you recover how long it'll take. You just got to ride it out and see what happens. And a lot of times I'll hear these people that go in and they'll get the steroids and they're in there for three to five days getting this done. And it's like, well, how do you know that if you didn't ride it out for three to five days that it went to went away at the same amount of time or mellowed out at the same amount of time, which in my opinion, I will ride any type of pain out as long as I can before I go in anymore because I've spent so many times going into an emergency room or whatever and it's like 90 bucks just to walk into the thing, go pay, and then you sit there and get tons of tests, which you're going to get all these side bills for, and every test comes out fine, positive, because the dumbasses in the ER aren't listening to you when you tell them that you know that this is MS related, you have multiple sclerosis, you've gone through these things before, and they're like, oh no, no, this is heart related. We got to do all the EKG, MRI, CT scans, all this crap, and rule out everything heart related first, and then maybe we'll consider that you got MS. <laughs> it just pisses me off because I've spent the whole day there and after hours of testing, they're like, okay, nothing's registering for the heart. It's like, yeah, that's what I told you. So now I got to sit here for another few hours while you try the shit I tell you to try. And it's like, you should listen to us. We're not animals going to a vet. We're not barking at you. We're not meowing at you. We're speaking English. Listen to us. Speaking your language. You should be able to open your ears and use them. Pay attention to the person that's suffering. Occasional use of high-dose corticosteroids is usually well-tolerated, but these drugs do have side effects. Some you'll feel immediately. Others may be the result of repeated or long-term treatments. Short-term effects... While taking steroids, you may experience a temporary surge of energy that can make it difficult to sleep or even to sit still and rest, which is the thing I love, but I hear people bitching about it. And it's like, man, I rarely have enough energy to get things done the way I want to get things done. And when I get that little steroid boost when I used to go in for my Ocrevus infusion, I love those two, three days of not being able to sleep and just getting being all wired and getting some stuff done. But other people, it annoys. Everybody's different. That's why we got a snowflake disease. But they can also cause mood and behavior changes. You might feel overly optimistic or impulsive while on steroids. Like the first time I had my Ocrevus infusion, I mentioned that all of a sudden the wife's like, I'm just hauling ass, going out of the hospital after my six to eight hour infusion. And my wife's like, where's your cane? <laughs> so I left it back in the hospital room. I didn't, didn't even think about it. I was just all amped up on steroids and could actually get around mobile without having a ton of issues. But it's only a temporary thing. If you keep taking them, it's not going to be good in the long run. So 
Gather these side effects may make you want to tackle large projects or take on more responsibilities than you should, which I do and I did. And then it ends up causing me more pain and issues once the steroids do wear off. But these symptoms are generally temporary and start to improve as you taper off the medication. Other potential side effects include acne, facial flushing, allergic reactions, depression, uh, swelling of the hands and feet from fluid and sodium retention, headaches, increased appetite, increased blood glucose, increased blood pressure, insomnia, lowered resistance to infection, metallic taste in your mouth, muscle weakness, stomach irritation or ulcers, and some long-term effects. Steroid treatment can potentially lead to additional side effects, such as cataracts, worsening glaucoma, diabetes, osteoporosis, and weight gain. So you don't want to stay on them, and when you're tapering off them, uh, if you taper off them too quickly, you may have some symptoms like body aches, muscle and joint pain, fatigue, lightheadedness, weakness, confusion, drowsiness, headaches, loss of appetite, weight loss, peeling skin, nausea, upset stomach, and vomiting. Basically, corticosteroids are used to treat severe symptoms and shorten the life of an MS flare, the length of an MS flare-up. They don't treat the disease itself, except in the case of vision loss. Treatment for MS flare-ups isn't urgent. However, it should be started as soon as possible. Decisions about benefits and side effects of these medications must be made on an individual basis. Things to discuss with your doctor include the severity of your symptoms and how your flare-ups affect your ability to carry out your daily tasks, how each type of steroid is administered, and whether you're able to follow the treatment regimen, the potential side effects and how they may affect your ability to function, any potential serious complications, including how steroids may affect any other health conditions such as diabetes or mental health disorders, any possible interactions with other medications, which steroid treatments are covered by your medical insurance, what alternative treatments are available for the specific symptoms of your flare-ups. Good idea to discuss everything with your neurologist, your PCP, all your doctors that have anything to do with the issues you're having. That way you'll be prepared to decide in the event of a flare-up what to do. Long-term use can cause lots of issues, so take that into consideration. I suggest only using them when you have to and go from there. Let's end this with a little fact, oddball fact that we got here. Let's see what they have to say. Imagine the surprise of of the people who found frozen ducks falling from the sky. It happened in Arkansas in 1974. A whole flock of ducks had frozen to death when they flew into some very cold air. Holy shit. That's a bummer. Never heard of that one. 
Long time ago in England, shepherds kept account of their sheep by carving notches in their sticks. These notches were called scores, and that's where the word score came from. <laughs> well, that should have been on Rolf Garman's podcast. <laughs> where did this word come from? Uh, it is said that a long time ago in England, some young women had a unusual way of choosing a husband. If a woman couldn't decide who to marry, she would scratch the names of all her possible husbands on onions. Then she would put the onions in a warm place, and the man whose onion sprouted first would be her husband. <laughs> She'd probably have the, hus- the guys sign the onion. So their gene DNA and skin follicles touch the onion, so it might judge who gets to develop sprouts first. <laughs> might be a better way to do it. At one time, men in the Philippine Islands weren't allowed to wear their hair long unless they paid a fee of 78 cents a year. That's messed up. <laughs> but they're saving money by not getting haircuts so they can afford the 78 cents a year alright that's good enough I'm gonna go suffer through this nausea and hug shit and see what the day has to offer I'd like to burn some of the stuff that fell out the trees in our storms last week and Get the yard cleaned up a little bit with that, but I don't know. Let's see how we feel through the rest of the day. But be good to yourself. Be good to others. Shed a monster. Check out some of those podcasts I mentioned, like Multiple Sclerosis Sucks podcast, and then the I Survived podcast, and one of my favorite podcasts, is still by Rolf Garman, The Rolf Report. It's called The Rolf Report. He does podcasts with Kevin Smith and stuff, but this is his best one in my opinion. But they talk about a ton of stuff, and they're way better than me, but (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying to get better. Hope you enjoy what you get. But be good to yourselves. Be good to everybody else. Kick Shadow Monster, and we will talk to you again soon.